My next guest is an up-and-coming pop artist out of Tacoma, Washington. She just dropped her debut album, White Noise, which was produced by Nicholas KZ. It's my pleasure to introduce Stella Marr. You podcast everyone today i have two very special guests stella marr hello and nick what's good there we go so first of all how do you guys know each other um we met in college we both lived on the same floor freshman year Ooh. and stella invited me to a uh um, a demonic <laughs> card game um oh it's well, it's not demonic, demonic, just just torturous. It's like it's like punitive. That's the word I was looking for. Punitive. It's like brutal, brutal for people who don't know how to play it. It's so. called Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, um, my friend and I who went to college together um, did a little icebreaker thing where we invited everyone on the floor to play a card game where wow. you don't know the rules of the card game. You just try to figure them out. And it made everyone immediately very angry with us. Messed but, up. You know, five years later, here Nick and I are making music together. No so doubt. Shout out that card game. Yeah. For real. So do you guys both make music or are you kind of her ma- Stella's manager, Nick, or how does it work? It's very, um, I'd say it's equal in terms of like creative artistic driving force. Mm-hmm. Um, Stella does all the lyrics and the melodies and all of like what you would consider like proper songwriting. And then I'll do all the arrangements, um, oh. all the production, all the instruments. Um stuff like that yeah our process is kind of interesting because it's it's either one way or it's completely the opposite i'll either send nick just a voice memo of me singing like essentially the whole song just lyric and melody and then nick will arrange it from there and send it back and we'll like kind of go through it and make tweaks or nick will send me a beat and i'll write the whole song for that beat that he's given me if i need you know an extra four measures or something somewhere i'll tell him and i'll adjust but Definitely a truly collaborative process. I don't know how to play really any instruments. I play the ukulele, Ooh. <laughs> and that's about it. So I'd say I need Nick more than he needs me. Not even. Nick has released a couple of um, projects on his own, but yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that. Are you just a producer then? Or? Yeah. Yeah. So I've done a couple of projects with other vocalists, and then I've done some instrumental electronic music that's out as well um definitely harder to sort of get traction i think for instrumental electronic music Um, is that not edm music it's i (laughs) i used to make edm when i was in high school but now it's leans more into probably like what you might call like a trap 
sort of vibe, I okay. guess. Do you need like trap artists then, or what do you do? You need art? Do you not even want artists on your songs? Or? I think for my for my own personal projects, I really like releasing instrumental electronic music. I think it it's like a totally different process than working with somebody like Stella. Um, but all obviously, I love working with Stella. I love working with vocalists. Um, Wait, can you repeat the genre you're saying again? <laughs> I I don't really know what it is. I'm so, I don't want to be like that annoying guy that's like I can't be defined by genre, but it's it's just a li- instrumental electronic music. It's sometimes it's trap, sometimes it's like a little funky. Okay. I mean, um, it doesn't stray too if I can. It doesn't stray too far from like the production you're hearing on on the album that we just put out. Right. Obviously, when there's when Nick isn't like shackled by what I want him to do, <laughs> there's like more, you know, movement i'd say to like the songs you're releasing on your own but like i bought hugabop your songs still that you released like two years ago appreciate it they're pretty sick because electronic music's timeless right you have no idea when it's but edm's huge in seattle well it's not edm it's electronic instrument music (laughs) maybe that's your problem no one knows what to to look up that yeah (laughs) (laughs) or maybe that maybe actually that would be easy to look up because sometimes i'm very like for tags i'm very like Mm -hmm. specific so maybe people are specifically looking for electronic instrument music. I'll tag it trap. Honestly, I will totally tag it trap. Okay. Um, but it's like chill trap almost. Yeah. Just say it's rave music and then throw an event, and everyone will show up. And okay. They won't, they won't know the difference. Good call. That's brilliant. <laughs> people just want to hear music. Are you interested in managing me as a solo oh, artist? <laughs> there we go, dude. You need to put some hip hop artists on there. I'd love to. Um, I have a bunch of beats up on the internet um, for purchase, but those are, that's another thing where it's like, how do you break into that scene? You know, there's people on the internet who are just making money hand over fist by Mm. like putting these YouTube beats out there and rappers are just going crazy over them. But then uh, if you're not like a part of that scene, I think it's extremely tough to gain traction. So that's everything though. That's true. But does anyone truly blow, blow up on the internet without any like connection to like a scene or anything? I don't know. Probably not. (laughs) Like, even Justin Bieber, when he was on YouTube, someone found him, mm-hmm. and then he started making like music that was on record labels. I nice. feel like getting noticed for your music is like our generation of like playing the lottery, like <laughs> trying to go viral on TikTok. Dude, I just went viral on TikTok. No way. Congratulations! Tell yeah, us that story. I've we want to hear about that's that. Sick. <laughs> we'll get. Into- <laughs> <laughs> I I broke I broke the system. Okay, so I realized <laughs> no one, most people that blow up on TikTok. There are people that have like genuine like content that's like unique, but a lot of that shit is just fucking dances or like I hate that shit when people like mouth movie scenes Ugh. and act like they're talking to their friends or whatever. So that's, that's stupid. Straight so, up stealing. Yeah. So I'm like, if people are gonna steal like that but they're they're in the video, how about I just fucking <laughs> straight up like just use like an old ad or something that's like cringy or funny and see if that gains traction. What it's not that big of a difference compared to what people are doing. They just want their face in the mm-hmm. shot. So I've been posting like really edgy ads from like the 90s that like, cause the average audience in my opinion is like five to 12 year olds on TikTok. I think TikTok's the new like Nickelodeon or Disney channel. Wow, that's deep. So well said. I've been posting like edgy, funny ass ads that like almost could get banned on TikTok and a few of them have. And they're <laughs> just ads though. So I, I mark it as banned ads even if they're not banned or not. Uh-huh. And just throw them up on you on TikTok and my video right now has 7.6 million views. Yo, Holy shit. It's just an old got milk ad. <laughs> and then I post like podcast content also. So like if I know I want something to gain traction, I'll post like a, a band ad and then I'll throw like my podcast right next, like clip right afterward. You really did beat the system. You man. did. That's brilliant. So That's now sick. I have within the past two days, 
7.6 million views on that, 1.6 million likes overall on the page, and then 50,000 followers. And I had 100 followers last week. (laughs) See, yo, but that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, I throw up content all the time. It's not good content. It's just me fucking around or lip syncing to my shit. It's not good. I don't know how to use TikTok. But I'm, that's what I'm saying. It's like totally a lottery. Like you well, go viral like... once and you have 50,000 people watching. Yeah. No, I don't think yours crazy. was a lottery though. You, you no, yeah. deliberately <laughs> gamed you it. You big brain that yeah, shit. No, yeah. <laughs> but tell me about your guys' new project. Is it called, It's called White no- mm-hmm. Noise. Yeah, and White Noise. I, I feel so lucky to have met you guys at the Pop Retreat because you guys performed some of the songs off the album. Mm-hmm. Little did I know you were dropping it like two weeks later. I was yeah. like, oh shit, it was like a private showing. For sure. Nice timing, for sure. We had a lot of fun playing um, oh, that was so sort fun. of like stripped down acoustic versions of the of mm-hmm. these yeah. tracks that we've just like been sort of slaving over for like a year. I'd say closer to two, dude. Yeah, really? we, wrote, we wrote How Little I Loved You in like sophomore summer year. of summer after summer after sophomore year. It's been it's been I think that's years. my favorite song. Is that the one that turns into like an EDM song at the kind of the end? No, that's uh Fairweather Friend. Or Adored. Adored sort of goes Which EDM at the it? end. Adored I, is the last track on the project. Yeah. I think I almost liked every single song. Oh, too kind. <laughs> that's so nice. Well, I enjoyed every song but liked like put Saved. them in playlists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very sweet. So kind. Do you want to say a bit about the product song? Yeah, I mean, do you want me to talk how I Little I Loved You. Yeah, that's my, my favorite song on it. Thank you. Yeah, so first of all, this is your first project. You have nothing on SoundCloud or YouTube, do you? No, Um, I've worked with other artists. I was in kind of, um, I released one single under a different name, and I have features on a project under a different name. What's that? Um, It's just under Stella. Okay. There's okay. a lot of bitches on, <laughs> on Spotify trying to release music under the name Stella. So I was like, okay. <laughs> Let's think of a second name. So that's why Stella Mar. But yeah, this is my first this is my first project. I don't want to say solo project because Nick has, you know, just as much traction in it as I do, but or just as much I don't know. Functionally it's a solo project. Yeah, but like this is the first project where I've written all of the songs, like lyrically. Wow. So it, it means like just so much to me. <laughs> Very invested. We need to get a marketing plan for this. That it's so well produced. It's Thank you. well mixed. Thank you. And shout out to our mix engineer Moses Ray Walker. Yeah, I love Moses. Rolling. Moses and Lorelai. They were like my top first ten interviews. Awesome. Yeah, they've been like they've both been really supportive, and Moses has been super helpful. And then um, Matthew. Yeah. Matthew mixed it. Matthew, the king of the Seattle indie scene. Yeah. Wow. Owns mastering in this area, which and justifiably so his work is amazing and he's super affordable and really gives great feedback so cannot um cannot thank matthew highly enough so if you guys aren't really part of the music scene yet how do you guys know these okay so um we our project manager austin santiago like he knew he knew all these people and how do you get a project manager a lot of artists probably have no (laughs) idea what the fuck that is Um, that's such a good story a good story (laughs) so my father is very very supportive of me he always has been. My both my parents, my mom and dad are super supportive. But my dad, my dad's like pushy about it. So my dad's <laughs> secretary knew Austin from high school, and my dad basically asked his secretary to bully Austin into taking a meeting with us. Not bully, but like she reached out to him. Okay. And we had one meeting with Austin, and then my dad was like, "Can you please project manage my daughter?" And he was like, he listened to the the demos we had and. He thought we had enough potential to to need the help to get it going. So that's kind of how we had this project manager. But like I was telling you before we started recording, like he he managed the project and he helped us connect with so many 
sweet people. But now that we don't have that help anymore, we're kind of floating in the ether by ourselves. But mm. but he tapped us into the Seattle oh yeah scene, he he helped us. I mean that's how we you know that's how I got connected to Archie to Gemma to like all these right. super sick music industry professionals here. Wow, so yeah. Matthew yeah. too. So so how would you guys describe the album to like listeners first time? Like it's. You went to a pop retreat, and I was expecting it to sound more poppy, but it's yeah, it's almost a little jazzy. Even there's like a little swing to it. Yeah. There's... So okay, I'll take I'll take this one. Um, so I wrote all the music, um, just like when I had bouts of intense emotions. Essentially, <laughs> like it's a breakup album. Um, Did you know someone with face tattoos, or is that an exaggeration? <laughs> no, that's a little bit of an exaggeration. <laughs> but yeah, it's a breakup album. It. It's definitely just like I wrote the songs that came out kind of thing. Um, and I would describe us as just as I'd describe me as a pop artist just because I don't know how else to define the genre. But mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. Um, I kind of forgot your question. But <laughs> yeah, I, we just kind of <laughs> wrote all the songs individually. And we have like a, there was like four or five more songs that Nick was like, maybe don't put this on this project. But yeah, um, kind of just me, really heartbroken, writing all these songs during the different stages of that heartbreak. And um, we put them all together. Wow. I would describe our sound as maybe, yeah, there's some trap pop. There's some like, there's a straight up country ballad in there that just kind of got thrown in. There's maybe even like a, a, a rock ballad. I'd say How Little I Love You is close to that. Yeah, yeah I'd say it's, it concerns me slightly that we're so <laughs> varied in terms of stylistically, musically, um, at least on that project, just because it makes it like, yeah, what do you tag the project? You so can, it was put a point it can of be debate. on all billboard charts then. Maybe. It was a point of debate between the two of us, though, for real. Like, I wanted to release it as an album because of the, like, cohesion of emotions I felt writing it. Like, yeah. it was about one period of my life, so I wanted it to be one project. But Nick was like, I don't know, bro. These songs don't sound really anything like each other. Are you sure you want to put them on one project? I was thinking like maybe a bunch of singles and then an EP or two maybe. Um, but I enjoyed it, man. Thank you. Thank dude. you. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I okay. I started singing as a like rock singer and like a bluesy, jazzy singer. Like okay, my my best friend in high school, Audrey. I was singing like pop music and then she got a hold of me and was like, bitch, you, you have to sing rock. Like you have to sing classic rock. Like I'd cover like Led Zeppelin and like, like classic rock bands. Right. So I think that's why the, the songs aren't really cohesive in terms of genre too, because my voice suits itself to one genre that I don't write for. Mm. So it's kind of, I'm kind of at war with like my voice and like what I'm writing. I don't know. Does that, any of that make any sense? I don't know. It's, I feel like you're really jazzy. I, I yeah, enjoy it. Yeah. Is sequencing sequencing important to you guys then? If there was no, if you feel like there wasn't cohesion, I feel like mm -hmm. sequencing was huge. Stella I, did that. I feel yeah. like it fit perfectly in my oh, opinion. Thanks, bud. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I took a long time to think of the track list, like the order of the songs. My two friends, Georgia and Joe, helped me out a lot with that. But yeah, I think that the best way to listen to the project is in order because I wrote it. I wrote all the songs out of order, but the way I've put them together is supposed to take you through this journey of like running away from one person and then like giving into temptations and like kind of getting going, your toolkit out. Yeah, kind of like <laughs> going down your <laughs> yeah, but there. like for real, like del like delving into your tool belt of different coping <laughs> mechanisms, however negative they may be, and then 
reflecting on that person after you've already kind of fucked shit up for yourself more. And that's what like the latter half of the album is, is like getting into your head and like really thinking about this person. And then the final song is about like self-acceptance type of thing. So that's the cohesion of the album Mm -hmm. is the like lyrical content Mm -hmm. and everything else is just all over the place. So how long have you guys been making music? Because it, it really seems like this isn't like a debut project. <laughs> That's it's good really... to hear. Thank you. That's very kind. It seems like you guys have been working together for a while. We've certainly been playing together for a while. We We've had been... a band started in college that mm-hmm. didn't really take off. Oh. Um, but, I mean, Stella, as soon as we met, I was like, oh, you're a singer. I'm a producer and guitarist and violinist and, and all mm-hmm. that jazz. And, like, we should Nick's work together. a classically trained violinist. That's another thing. Every... Every... So you can read music then. Big oh time. yeah. So many artists I've been interviewing, and I've been asking, "Do you know how to read music?" And they're like, "Uh, no." It's cool that it doesn't matter anymore, right? It's like MIDI. <laughs> MIDI is king. So like, who yeah. cares about sheet music? But <laughs> well, that's why we need like each other. Like, yeah, I don't do sure. any of that. I'll be like, Nick, can my can you make my vocals sound like they're underwater, please, sir? And he's like, sure. And then he'll like do it, or I'll be like, I don't know, it's not as like spacey as I want it to be. And he'll be like, all right, I'll translate that into something musical. For <laughs> I love sure. doing that. That's so much fun. Just but, taking like weird weird feedback. But from that's the, that's the collaboration mm-hmm. and sure. we've been playing together yeah so we graduated about a year ago so we've been playing Congrats. we've been just like thanks thank you <laughs> we've both been jamming together for like five years now right but we started like seriously trying to write music about two years ago yeah wait yeah. so when what school did you go to and what were you going to going to school for we went to University of Puget Sound in Tacoma, Ooh. and we actually both came to UPS from California. Stella, Stella's from Southern California. I'm from Northern California. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, we moved up here to Tacoma, went to college. I was I came in as a music major. Um, UPS has a killer music program. Decided maybe that like wasn't what I wanted to do full time, which is kind of, I don't know if that's ironic. It's certainly not <laughs> what I'm doing full time right now, but I would love to be doing this full time. Um, so... Whoops. But anyway, <laughs> changed my major from music to economics and kept a music minor throughout college. Oh, wow. So do you have a job in economics then? Or? No, I have a job <laughs> in the tech industry. Okay. Um, big nerd? Yes, <laughs> big nerd, dude. I'm I'm sort of moonlighting as a producer um, and just trying to work with as many people as I can until maybe one day I have enough of a little roster going that I can do that full time. So. Do you have a studio or anything? Or? Uh, no, I got a laptop though, so... Wait, so we made the project you... in our rooms. Both, really? Yeah. I mean, bedroom pop, right? It's a whole deal. Bedroom rap, bedroom pop. That's all you I need. I mean, these days. Most, of, most of this was recorded during the pandemic. So I'd, I, this is kind of fun. I don't know anything about mixing. So I would take my little microphone that I got gifted to me for graduation, record my vocal stems in GarageBand. Yes. And send my raw vocal. I'd send Nick like seven or eight vocal stems of just like layered harmonies and like everything and be like okay please help now <laughs> and then he he just take it from there like truly a collaborative effort me in my bedroom him, him in his apartment in his bedroom and, wow for sure so yeah. do you think it comes down to mixing and mastering big time for dude. sure 100 really? percent. yeah i think you could take um i used to think it was all about producing like you could take any vocalist and then produce them and make a hit and now i think you could take any production and mix them and make a hit Wow. Yeah. I think that's what makes the difference today. And do you know how to mix or you just know how to produce? I learned how to mix throughout this project. I didn't mix the tracks on on the album. Um, Again, Moses was amazing at that, but I learned a lot from listening to him, and I think I've become a much better mixer. I'm still not as good as Moses, but um, definitely learned a ton. And the single that we have in the works, which is going to be our follow-up to the project, is mixed by me. So. 
Oh, that's dope. Yeah. Next debut mixing. I know. So it's fun stuff. When was the first conversation that you guys wanted to make music together, or even just talked about the um, fact that you guys both question. did music? I okay. It's kind of that's kind of a two part question because I music was a big part of my high school identity. Um, I went to a really small private school where there's a lot of like just collaboration going on between artists. Um, so when I got to college, I knew that like singing would be like pertinent for me staying happy in my life. So I, I yeah, when I asked Nick what his major was and he said it was going to be music, like immediately I tried to like get myself into like being friends with him and playing uh -huh. with him. So we'd we literally like sit on Nick's bed and like just jam random covers of things. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that we started writing music together like two years after that. Like I said, after sophomore year, I wrote how little I loved you about my first boyfriend. And I think it was the same thing. I just wrote the melody really quickly, like 2 a.m. I was so mad about this person. And Nick oh, was and that I, in Washington or was that in California? Yeah, I was in Washington. And Nick and I were just jamming like the same thing that we would usually do, mm -hmm. except for I was like, I may have mm, written a little song. And so I sang it for him. And Nick's such a goat, like immediately came up with the chord progression and like started working on it. And we realized that we could have that. We didn't, I don't think we thought to record it until we had, until I had written a few more songs. And until our band sort of fall, fell apart. Yeah. I think that was part of it. We were like, yeah, we want to be in a Stella wrote the song. I wrote the chords for How Little I Loved You as like a rock tune that we would play with a rock band. Mm -hmm. And we had a, a rehearsal, maybe two rehearsals. And then it was just sort of things started fracturing and fragmenting. And you know how mm -hmm. it is when you're trying to get a bunch of people to do something uh, with college. a bunch of different schedules. <laughs> yeah. um, but, and then we were like, well, we could just record it. So we did. And how'd you find your voice? You have a very unique raspy voice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I've always sounded like this. My dad makes a joke that the second I came out of the womb, I went, hello, daddy, <laughs> which is not true. <laughs> I have far more of a feminine voice than that. But yeah, people always would always say to me, they That's think funny. that I'm sick or that I'm a smoker, and I'm neither sick nor a smoker. I've just always sounded like this. Um, <laughs> a smoker. Yeah. Um, so this is kind of a fun little story. Someone like literally came to like deliver a package to me once. Or I was in high school or whatever. He came to our door. And I opened it and he like, I was like, okay, thank you. I guess not in that tone of voice, but he like stepped back from me and was like, I don't want to get sick right now. And I was like, haha, okay, rude. And also false, but goodbye now. Oh my God. So, yeah. Um, like I said, just kind of a, um, an evolution of going from not knowing what to sing to singing rock and pop. I started taking vocal lessons, um, my freshman year of high school. Oh, so I have been like trained on how to like kind of harness the raspiness, but that's dope. Yeah, I'm. I shout out to my vocal coaches Maddie and Eve. They like, they've been such crazy supporters and really helped me find my voice. But yeah, I kind of know how to. I know how to use it and when to use it now, and like know when how to sing healthier. That's dope. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So do you have the same coaches, or have they changed over the years? Or no, I've had the same two vocal coaches for I guess over. Like, oh shit, like, I don't know, close to 15 years now. And they're in California, though? So you do things over Zoom? or Yeah, what? so in high school it was in person, and then in the during the pandemic, I don't see them super regularly anymore. Um, but yeah, over Zoom now. 
And would you recommend vocal coaches for any singer or? Yeah, for sure. I mean, my mom joked that when I first, I've always sung, like, I was the type of kid that was, like, on the fireplace hearth, like, singing, like, doing performances, you That's know? That's a good word. I love the word hearth. Is it hearth? Hearth? Or whatever that is. I love that word. I, I know. It it's so People fun. don't say it enough. <laughs> I agree. But yeah, my mom had always joked that I sounded like a dying cat and that I needed help. <laughs> oh, so yeah, I think that a lot of people um, can train their, like, I had to learn how to sing right. Otherwise, you would, I would just be like damaging my voice. I, Nick knows I sound like I'm screaming sometimes. He's been like, can we um, maybe record at your apartment so that you don't like piss off my neighbors? Oh, sure. God. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I think I have pretty good pitch, so you can't really... I mean, you guess you could learn to fix your pitch. But in terms of, like, learning the tool that is your voice, vocal coaching helps, like, a lot, a lot. Do you guys Did you guys meet Nikki Buell at the Poppa Tree? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What a go. <laughs> this man sings all the time. Like, I'll have, have a conversation with him, and then like, mid-sentence, he'll just start singing. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, at the Poppa Tree, that was, how long ago? Was, was that, like, three weeks ago? Something now? like that. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Um, yeah. He couldn't perform right. because he was singing too much just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> But, Dude, we were listening, uh, literally listening to Nikki on in the car on the way up here. Yeah. His music bumps, no doubt I've, about it. I've saved like a lot of those people's music, yeah. a lot of the Seattle music homies. They're they're real good for sure. It, yes, it's. I didn't realize it was a pop scene here, but it's who knew. It's very. I feel like it's small. pretty small and niche, but yeah, mm-hmm. there's some talented people. Yeah. Do you like pop music? Or? Yeah, it's funny because I didn't. I sort of had a disdain for it when I was um, young and annoying. I brought him to the. She did, and so I was like, listen to this pop music, and I was like, pop music's stupid. Like, I only like cool stuff. That's like, or no, you finish first. Please. I was just gonna say that's kind of how we bonded first as friends. For sure. We would show each other what I used, what we used to call like good bad music, and essentially just pop music that doesn't have a lot of substance, but you can't help but go mm. back and just bump it because it's yeah. addictive almost. So. Yeah. Yeah. But there's like high produced pop music, like The Weeknd. For even. sure. I mean, everything you hear on the top charts is just the mixing and mastering budget is just out of control. Wow. That's really what makes a difference. So so do you think someone at home could make the same song as like a Kid Leroy and Justin Bieber? I, no? think somebody at, I think somebody at home could produce a song like Kid Leroy and Justin Bieber, but then if you handed it over to, you know, multi-platinum award-winning mix engineers, then mm-hmm. yeah, it could totally go viral. Could you break down a little bit of what mixing and mastering is for... For norm, sure, the normies. Yeah, it'd be great because it's something I've been learning um, as well. For all, so for, for all you normies out there, um, <laughs> it, so producing is when you just take whatever, like violin and guitar and and keys, and you put them in a song, and then mixing, you adjust. Usually, it's just volume and spaciousness adjustments, and by volume, you could make the high end of something louder, or the low end of something louder, or the whole track louder. Um, so things sound brighter, darker, they sound more spacious, they sound more closed, they sound more open, um, and they sit better together. Um, so that's what mixing is. And then mastering is also small adjustments like that, and then just making it loud as hell. But you need stems. Like You, can't, you couldn't just have someone's SoundCloud song and just give it to them, and then could they mix and master that? No way. You can master it. So you can master from a stereo mix, but you can't mix from just one track. So you do it to each stems. individual thing, right? You'll mix yeah. the drums, you'll mix the guitar, then you'll mix the vocals. For sure. And that's like more than half. It's like half the battle or more. I think so, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you hear our demos versus the final project and they sound yeah. very, very different. Moses added a lot of mm. awesome stuff. 
to our project. So, so I'm still confused. Like, why did you guys choose pop out of? <laughs> um, that's a good question. I mean, what else I would we have chosen? I wouldn't really. Hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Stella. I have an umbrella. <laughs> yeah, that's fire. <laughs> that's fire. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't even really consider like the project like a true okay. I could talk about pop music and the definition of what pop music is for hours and hours. I've even considered writing an essay just for funsies about oh. pop music. So I'm going to try to not talk a lot about this. But <laughs> I would consider our album a pop album just because I don't really know what else to call it. But I would say that like calling something a pop song doesn't confine it to a certain genre like Dominic Fike isn't pop like technically if you look at his like album his most recent one it says alternative but I'd consider that album to be like an alt pop album I don't know I think pop kind of means whatever you want it to now totally I mean if you look at like the top 50 on Spotify or whatever you have like hard hip-hop like Post Malone type stuff and then like this weird you know like indie rock Mm -hmm. uh uh, manskin type thing and like, then yeah. then what you think of as like pure pop like Billy type stuff. Well even like Doja Cat I think like people would consider her like a pop star she's but she's also definitely like a hip hop so, artist yeah. and a rapper so like the lines are blurry now mm. even Ariana Grande is like leaning heavy into like hip hop production in For her sure. most recent albums like I think the evolution of like what we consider to be pop music is like so fascinating and then you have like hyper pop and bedroom pop there's just simply a million ways to make pop music right now and i think that's super fun and super sick. and like pop bands and like rock pop is that what you say rock? yeah that's pretty big that's like blown up in seattle right now actually yeah i think the band angle is something super super interesting mm-hmm. that I'd, i haven't really thought about a whole ton but mm-hmm. like pop bands oh i just had a pop band on yeah that's sick. them they're, they're, that's their name yeah <laughs> it's like i I, need, I should have asked them on the podcast but so people know but it's basically just each of their f- first names. I looked them up. Yeah, they've got some <laughs> cool stuff going on. Yeah. So. so what is, what makes up like a normal pop song? Like what are some elements you need? That's a great question. I would say you need a catchy hook, something that will get stuck in people's heads. Um, you need, I think, I feel like that might be it. I think what you... <laughs> I think... Yeah. I think te- no, I'm dead serious, though. That's I funny. Think, I think technically that might be it. I'm going to add something. I think you need a catchy hook and just top-tier mixing and mastering, and that's it. And look attractive. <laughs> and look attractive, and then you're done. No, but that's kind of that's kind of true, though. You need, like, a brand. You need branding. You need, like, a look, I guess, and you need something that will, like, kind of earworm into people's heads. I think... I've had this debate with my dad a lot because he doesn't think he likes pop music. And he, when we first started, when I showed him demos of the album that we were working on, he was like, I don't know. It's just like not really my thing. I don't think like it's very interesting or like complicated. And I was like, okay, give us a second. This is like the first (laughs) little iteration of it. And then when we started adding more like ad lib, I think ad libs are important in pop too. Like, the scr- pop, pop, pop. like that? Or Nick and I have a debate about ad libs. Stella leans pretty heavily. Stella puts ad libs in tracks like a hip hop artist. Oh, but like they're the pop music. Like when you're like shitting on the guy. Like the... 
I like ad libs. You dick or whatever, like that stuff? Or <laughs> yeah, you... stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, I like ad libs. I like like Ashniko kind of ad libs. I think they're fun. Oh Such my a god. Girl. I fucking saw her on, in concert. How was that? I bet it was bizarre. She's like a TikTok. I don't, do you guys like? I, I love really? obsessed yeah, with yeah, like <laughs> I just I don't I guess we I wasn't like her. expecting her. I feel like she's for little girls, but <laughs> she is. Dude, she's I I wouldn't so go to an Ashnika show, but I will bump that. Nick and I bump Ashnika. She she opened you know Danny Brown? I don't think so. Uh he's like a he's a hip hop artist. And I've for, heard the name, but I don't For yeah. some reason she opened up for Danny Brown. That's weird. And then I look around and I realize half the I I went for Danny Brown. And I look in the audience and half the people are for her. Uh-huh. They're all like thirteen year olds. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, very yeah. odd. Dude, I, I saw a Brockhampton concert and hundred Gex opened for them, and I was like, what is going on right now? It's so weird. So, do you guys have plans on like performing these songs live at any venues, or how do you? Once again, we don't have. I would love to do that. I'd love that, but we don't have. Tacoma doesn't have that much of a music scene unless it's a house show. So you guys live in Tacoma, by the way? Yeah. Okay. If anyone in Seattle wants to book Nick and I, we would love to play some shows. I don't think we have the kind of, like, traction that would justify, like, a major booking or even a minor booking at this point. Yeah. I mean, to put this delicately, like, Nick and I don't have any clout (laughs) at all. Like, we got our music. I've got, we got the confidence. But we don't, we don't really have the connections or, like, the in yet Mm -hmm. into any sort of we certainly don't have an in in the Seattle scene at all because we don't know well, that many people. We know the we know a few movers and shakers in the highly developing pop yeah. Seattle scene. And then in Tacoma, like, yeah, it's really just there's not a lot. You can play at like some coffee shops or some bars, yeah, or some house shows. There aren't any studios it. in Seattle or in Tacoma, excuse mm-hmm. me. Which oh is yeah, insane. there are. They're tons. You yeah, guys but are... they're like people's garages and stuff, right? No, there's some pretty dope studios in my, from my experience at least. Like some of them. You see, we don't know. <laughs> some that I've been to are in houses, but it's like their whole downstairs is like just for like recording. Like it's a full on like downstairs studio. Like there's like some houses that you'll drive by in Tacoma that are like in just like terrible neighborhoods, and you just <laughs> think these are just like low income places and you go in and like they have like thousands upon thousands of dollars of equipment Hmm. yeah I'm not saying there's no music scene in Tacoma there's actually a pretty sick like hip hop underground hip hop scene in Tacoma yeah the recent the most recent people to like get signed are out of Seattle I mean out of out of Tacoma (laughs) yeah it's definitely there Nick and I just like I'll help you guys don't really know and there's not a lot of from my what I know there's not a lot of pop stuff going on yeah that's you get I don't even know how this pop retreat came to be like how did you get how did you guys hear about it and like I made it my mission to just like (laughs) follow as many like emerging pop artists in Seattle as I could on Instagram I saw Emma post like hey I'm doing a little thing if you want to play for some other artists hit me up and I was like Nick DM'd me I DM'd Emma and then we showed up there it was very very like twist of fate type thing. That's the that's the thing that can only happen because the pop scene in Seattle is so small. Mm-hmm. It's like the bat signal for pop. <laughs> for sure, Low key. that was like all the pop artists almost. That was it, dude. <laughs> I think somebody blew a conch horn and then was... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're on our way. That's what happened. For yeah, sure. and Nick and I walked up with our like one case of white cloth. We were like, hello. <laughs> so good. <laughs> we're here to play three songs. Wow. I hope you we had a great time though, and all those people are super nice. So mm-hmm. very chill. We'll, we'll figure it out for yeah, you guys. Dude. But you guys haven't even been like an actual studio yet, or uh, no? No. 
I recorded one, I think I recorded a cover of Sitting on the Dock of the Bay in San Diego at actually what turned out to be a buddy of ours his studio. And that's it. I don't think that major artists start in studios. Hot take. What I, do you think? I think it's changed. Like the people I'm about to have on next, like their first song was like in the studio. Mm-hmm. Like because they're like the beginning of like hip hop. Yeah, so that I was feel in like, like the '80s. Though, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I feel like in the '80s, you, of course, you had to be in a studio, right? Because you can't record in your bedroom. I mean, right? think right. Billy. Billy Eilish recorded her two whole, of the biggest albums of all, uh, biggest pop records of all like all time in Phineas's yeah. bedroom yeah. on a freaking MacBook. Damn. We're definitely trying to be on some Billy and Phineas shit. That's still like a thousand dollars for that MacBook. That's true. Oh, a hundred percent. That's true, dude. It's the the, the need, major investment. You need the equipment for is, sure. Is a mic and a laptop and a interface. Well, that's then. the whole thing, right? Is like what we're saying is like a home studio. Mm-hmm. You can get equipment that's like better than anything was like in the eighties. I'm sure. I, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, it was all analog. You needed like all this space to, to record anything. Oh, you guys, have you watched this is pop on Netflix? No, but I'm Nick just recommended you guys that to me really yesterday. Need to watch I, I really think I'd really like it. I inspire you guys a lot. I can't wait. So do you guys have like family here even, or are you guys just here? Like, <laughs> no, dude, we moved out here for college. Um, and I don't know, Nick, you can say why you stuck around. Stuck around because it's dope. Um, my my parents actually moved up here after I was here for a couple of years because they came to visit me and they were like, "Man, this area is really awesome." I was like, "Yeah, it is pretty awesome." Um, so where I'm, California is sort of a tough place to be right now. I think um, I know of fires and COVID or what? Fires, cost of living, COVID. It's just like the homeless people are worse than Seattle somehow. It's pretty gnarly to be in California, um, which is a bummer that LA is such like a mecca for artistic yeah. pursuits. But is, um, yeah. so came up here and I was like, man, it's not on fire. There's water everywhere. Um, the, you can drink it. You can, you can drink, drink the, water. the water. I don't have to feel bad about like taking a shower because there's not a freaking drought every dang summer. Dude, I just went home and the drinking water in San Diego tastes so disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> it's you get bougie about water if you, you grow up here. Yeah. No um, yeah, and so I decided to stick around for a minute. I'm looking at potentially thinking about living other places in the near future. Um, but In Washington or outside of Washington? All options. I, like, I think moving to Seattle would make a lot of sense for me. I think yeah. moving to Portland would make some sense, so we'll just see what happens. Ooh. I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, literally after my lease ends in May, I'm kind of just going to go wherever I think would be good for music career. Right. And I, what, do you, what do you do for me, like, for money right now? <laughs> for I was, money for right money now. right now. <laughs> what's your job? Music, Nick dude. and I made $4 each last month <laughs> really? on stream revenue. Oh, shit. How, how, much is, how many streams is that? It's like it's, I, it's like six thousand streams. It's like but that's $4. that's no no no. That was just for May, so that was like a thousand streams. Is, oh really? Is like nine dollars collectively. And that's I, go, shit. That's dude. pretty dope. <laughs> yeah, but so, really by Starbucks, two yeah, Starbucks streams for sure. So the answer is not music. I was nannying for a while, um, and then I got laid off when the summer hit, just because they didn't need a nanny. It was a COVID job basically. Mm-hmm. So the answer is. Currently nothing, but I'm gonna try to get um, a job as a bartender in Ooh. Tacoma if anyone wants to hire me. And how do you guys feel about COVID right now? Obviously bad. It's a bummer. <laughs> it's a bummer. <laughs> it's tragic. Yeah, I mean, obviously super tragic and not ideal for literally anyone, but it, it definitely <laughs> for Jeff Bezos. It's <laughs> yeah. True that. It helped birth this album. That's for sure. For sure. 
just kind of alone in my feelings and I wrote this <laughs> most of the album. So it's a dope album, gotta say. Thanks, bud. Yeah, thank so, you. So what do you do in tech? I work at the tech department of the college that we went to because oh. I worked there part-time as a student and then a full-time position came up as I was about to graduate, like into what we thought was like the height of the pandemic, right? May, 2020. Um, and they were like, you should apply to this job. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to apply to this job. So I've just been working there for a year doing tech support for like faculty and staff at the same college that we used to go to. Oh, um, wow. It's not exactly like what I would call a passion of mine, but um, it definitely pays the bills. Um, That's so, dope. Yeah. I've been telling people we should like connect all these different communities, especially with artists, you know, like you guys should be collaborating with like bands, mm -hmm. rappers. And then I tell people about like the tech stuff that's going around in Seattle, but then I just had a producer on the digital mm. and he was saying people do reach out to the tech people and they just don't get responses. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Like what do you mean by the tech people? Like, like producers or? No, like actual like people in the tech industry mm. and Seattle, like Amazon, Microsoft, like we should be like somehow collaborating with them, whether it's like sponsorships or having all those, if you get like, like Amazon should get like free tickets or like discounted tickets or something if they bring out their employees to these local shows or yeah, something. Yeah, they should. It'd be amazing. <laughs> but I don't, I, there's a there's a lot of stuff we can do. Yeah, that's sure. why people keep asking me that like don't know a lot about like streaming revenue and just like music in general, like how I'm gonna make my money and the answer is like OnlyFans. <laughs> Guess so. Might I would as well. be lying if I said I hadn't thought about it. <laughs> but no, for real. Like you either have to be like selling merch, or getting paid to do shows, or someone needs to like buy the rights to use your song in something. Like yeah. that's it. Ooh. You can't just like make money from streaming. It's a little different for producers and mix engineers and stuff yeah, because true. they take on a bunch of like project-based work. That's true. You guys always have like opportunities, I feel like. Versus... I think so. It's one of those things where there are always opportunities, but it's also just like I've been talking about, like um, this entire industry is word of mouth. Um, so if you don't have those connections, it can be tough to start. Word of mouth and clout. It sucks, True. but it is like. Like, what do you guys mean for about? Like, what do you mean a clout? What do you mean by? I that? Let's know. break it down. This is this C -L -O -U -T. is C L O U T. I just like. I think, unfortunately, people look at your numbers, whether that's your monthly listeners on Spotify, your streams on Spotify, or your Instagram followers or TikTok followers. Like, you need clout on social media or on streaming, and like, and I know that's a fact because. I like recently hit a thousand followers on Instagram, which is nothing, but people have started paying attention to me more since then. And I stupid. think that's stupid and absolutely fucked, but it's true. Mm -hmm. Like people pay attention more when they think that you're, they, if they think that you're somebody, even if that somebody is like That's what I tiny. remember uh, Pretty Awkward, who was just on the show. Oh, the great episode. blue yeah, check mark. <laughs> talking about the blue check mark and people being like, oh, I should respond to this DM since they have a freaking it blue mean, check mark. It fucking, it's unfortunately means something For in sure. this industry. Yeah. It's the six degrees of separation, mm. which yeah. I really don't know what that means, but I know everyone says that and I know it has something to do with how close you are to someone famous with or Kevin whatever. Bacon. <laughs> Kevin Bacon. <laughs> But yeah, they think that you're almost somebody because you know a right. thousand people. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's anyways. It I get odd. like mad <laughs> thinking about it, but I mean, I had a really great conversation with a dude who runs a Seattle studio recently, because um, I was kind of fishing for a job. But um, <laughs> instead, he just gave me a bunch of dope advice, which was like, you, if you're not in this to just make stuff and put it out there, regardless of how well it's doing, then you should quit because it's 
it's really not a good motivating factor to be mm -hmm. like this needs to get uh, several hundred thousand streams otherwise i'm a failure it's like mm -hmm. that's not going to happen so just make art make just make it and put it out and just see what happens but then what happens once you start reaching those like seven several hundred thousand streams and then you don't get that then are you a failure or what i mean i don't know man. I, think, <laughs> I think that i feel like how, am I, how do i word this eloquently I feel like you'll never stop reaching for more, more, more. Like even like one of our singles hit a thousand streams and I, that was like literally my goal. Mm -hmm. or not, not even my goal, but like, you know, I wanted that. I really wanted to get something that would break out of the less than a thousand. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. So it's the fucking less than, that's like the most I know. It's a bit demeaning. <laughs> yeah, but once we hit that and I'm so, I was so proud of us, I was like, okay, when's that 2000 coming? Like you'll always be looking for like more numbers and more. Right. Things like that. I have a note in my phone right now that's like small interactions about my music that gave me like validation. And uh -huh. it's literally about like people, genuine people reaching out being like, I like this lyric you wrote really spoke to me or like this, that, the other thing. Because at the end of the day, like the music I wrote came from like, like the last song Adored, like I like almost cry every time I hear it because like I that song is like so it was me basically like cracking open my chest and like pouring it out so mm -hmm. i think that what you have to remember is if you're making music like that which i am like you have to be thankful for like the small times that people say that what you wrote like really connected to them mm -hmm. and i think people get really wrapped up including me in the numbers in the the clout chasing whatever and that's a real dangerous game to play. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. That's all I'll say about that. I, there's just kind of, like I've been having artists who are like have songs on TV, Netflix, movies or whatever, and they're mm -hmm. not huge whatsoever. So like, I don't know. I feel like there's, there's people that know what to do, even if they don't mm -hmm. have a big following. It's just, I just keep, I keep telling people we need it from like a community. Mm -hmm. well, I like, think yeah. you're doing that, but. Yeah, you're, I mean, the fact that we're like sitting here right now, Ass podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. You were like, "Hey, I thought you guys sounded dope. Do you want to come on my podcast?" And we were like, "Holy shit, yeah, that sounds great." Yeah, like, let me say go. thanks again for having us in the same chairs as huge artists that. You yeah, like you're, you're. I think I think you're doing more for the local music scene than you think. Well, like, thank you for sure. Yeah. I wonder. I've been really thinking about this. This is a deep topic. Okay, let's go. Everyone that comes into the studio sits like this like how we're sitting right Whoa. now legs crossed but do you guys normally sit like this just when you're like hanging out or yes. like yeah really do you not i feel like i only do it when i'm at the studio <laughs> i feel like i'm a very big man spreader you know <laughs> but i feel like it's inappropriate if you're just talking to people where there's no table <laughs> just to be like hey guys <laughs> but so you guys normally sit like this is a comfortable position. Well, I am yeah. I'm a lady, so <laughs> I tend to. Sit I sit like with my legs crossed big time. Is that like so? It's just a normal thing everyone does. I, I think this might be a you problem, buddy. <laughs> but because when you look at it, how is this even comfortable? I don't know. It try, is kind of amazing that it try, works. Try try crossing all the way over. I think that's less comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. You should maybe get some bean bags or something. Have you thought about that? <laughs> bean. I was told. I don't want to sit on a bean bag. Come on. I was told never to buy bean bags off like Craigslist. No. No. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize people <laughs> do unspeakable things on <laughs> bean bags. I, think, I thought bean bags were just for kids to like <laughs> sit Very on. Very wholesome outlook. <laughs> yeah, that's 
that is nice. Because <laughs> they're all bright, colorful colors, and I, I just so I've been staying away from beanbags. That's probably safe. <laughs> Probably for the best. <laughs> so what is your guys' favorite song on the album? I'm guessing you each have a different favorite song. Big or? time. That's a good question. Do you have an answer? Yeah, mine's White Noise for sure. Explain why. The fucking one. Uh-huh. Um, I <laughs> really am happy with how that tune turned out in terms of just like bassline and drums. And I was like sequencing that. And I was like, man, this bassline is kind of banging. And I didn't used to be a bass player, but then I picked it up because I was hearing a lot of funky bass that I just loved. Bass is so powerful, it's so mm-hmm. awesome, um, and I just tried to make a bass line that was like as fun and funky as I could, and sequence some slapper. some slapping drums, and then Stella threw a killer hook on it. Um, I was very angry when I wrote it. It shows, <laughs> and also it's like not a like a. It's a very quotable it, album, by the way. Thank you, oh, bud. Thank you. That's great. Um, yeah, all kudos to Stella. But it's not like an intro, verse, chorus, verse, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus song. Mm-hmm. It's like an A, B song, which <laughs> I think is really cool. Um, I've been that's not, my favorite. I've been not sticking to song structure at all lately. That's great. I think in the in the TikTok era, it's like song structure is sort of out the window. So. It's true. <laughs> yeah, yes. speaking of quotable, if you have any ideas on how to make TikTok sounds marketable, I need help oh. with that, but... Look into yeah. the camera. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Help us. Help us. Yeah. Um, I will say before I answer the question, Nick tracked everything like on the album. Like he didn't use any samples, right? No. Wow. So any instrument you hear, Nick recorded it and did it. So, so you know how to play the drums too? The drums I programmed, like I used drum synthesizers to okay. get the drum sounds instead of getting samples, which was kind of maybe stupid. But No, that's dope. Good. Thank that, you, dude. That, I feel like... The more you know how to do, it makes you a better artist. I agree. Thanks. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, I love, I think, I do know how to play the drums. I'm not good at them, but I think knowing how to play the drums will make you a way better producer in terms of sequencing drums. But back to you, please. Okay, my favorite song on the album. I don't really have that. Okay, what do you mean, though? Favorite in what way? (laughs) What do you like the best? Yeah, what's your favorite song? I don't know if I have an answer for that. I think that like the singles we put out, Fairweather Friend or White Noise, are definitely the most like. Or you had put Glimpse also. That was a I'm surprised that people have been vibing with Glimpse so much because it's it is sort of like. I mean, it's sad, but sad ass song. It's really sad, but I mean, I think people are connecting with it, which I, I'm obviously really grateful for. For sure. I think I think the most surprising the sleeper song on that album is Gray Area Guy. I think that song is that song is my favorite because it's the song that surprised me the most. I wrote it with just like it's literally two chords on the ukulele is what it started as. And then when I was recording it, um I like added just like really intentional layered harmonies that like built and Nick went and did like some crazy production and it ended up sounding like so epic and cool when like I wrote it as kind of like a cheeky, almost like ironic little song about like someone that you're not really that, you like you're not that into, but you keep coming back to them for some reason. So I tried to write a pop song that mimicked that. It's kind of like an eh pop song. <laughs> it gets stuck in your head, so you keep coming back. And then it like built into this. It's deep when you think about it's, it. A, it's a bit deep when you think it's about it. It's very dumb. Not as deep as the leg crossing thing. Yeah, it's maybe the close. most deepest thing that <laughs> man has ever thought of. <laughs> yeah. It's better, deeper than the wheel, you know? Yeah. True. So I think that one, or How Little I Loved You, because that's the first oh, one I wrote. That song's so dope. Thank you. Yeah, that's I wrote funny. that at 2 a.m. And it was, I wrote it in like 10 minutes. Like I, 
yeah, that that one has a lot of emotion behind it. There we go. Well, Thank you for listening to them, by the way. I yeah, love it. It's very it was sweet. Awesome. So, yeah. I think your album cover made it for me at least because I'm very like visual. Made it so maybe if you guys don't think it's cohesive, co- cohesive mm-hmm. or not, I think because like your album cover was like Picasso, like mm-hmm. maybe I kind of mentally thought hmm. if there wasn't a cohesion, that was the point because of how it reflected the album cover. Yeah, thank you for so, pointing that out. That's also pretty deep. That was really <laughs> intentional, though. We worked with um, a collage artist, Cruz Graphic Designs. There She's so sick, but extremely good. I talked to her on the phone for about an hour, and I that's why the song is called White Noise, or the album is called White Noise, too, is because... Is that you, by the way, that's cut up on the front? Yeah, oh. so I actually preliminarily did that part. I like th- made my eyes and my lips bigger just because I thought it would look cool, and then all the pictures on that album... Or was it because society wants you to have bigger mm-hmm. lips? Mm-hmm. Big- <laughs> Whoa. It's, that's a bit deep, too. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, and then I gave Cruz just some pictures I took, like the picture of the the building I took in Spain. And if you see the people walking on the building, that's a picture I took at the beach. And she like put them all together. But that's what white noise is, right? Is it's a bunch of static sounds that come together to create one cohesive sound. Mm. And that's kind of the point of the album too and the cover. Isn't white noise what are in headphones to block out? Outside yeah. noise? Yeah, I was thinking more, too, of just, like, you know, the static that you, you play, like the shh, like that sound. The quietness, if you don't if you don't talk. You can... mm-hmm. Yeah, there it is. There it is. <laughs> my, uh, one of my friends and artists, Trey Ross. Oh, I'm doing this cool. I can't talk about that. <laughs> it's a surprise. I want to hear about it. We were at the studio the other day, and he was making fun that tons of people like to whisper on this podcast for some reason. <laughs> Likes to whisper. So what's your best whispering voice? I think it's maybe because the, uh, the headphones, they sound really good. So we yeah. can just hear ourselves. Better. You can hear the sound of your own voice very, very easily. For sure. And a lot of artists <laughs> are self-centered, so they like to hear the sound of their own voice. Damn. Oh. That's another deep That's a little deep you think about. Um, what studio were you at the other day? Oh, shit. It's, I don't even know the name of it. It's, um, shout out the digital he was on the podcast recently yeah and we have this cool thing coming out that will be announced on the podcast anniversary which is in two weeks yo congratulations, congratulations. august 18th so Fire. be on the lookout for that guys very well. sick but what do you guys would you like to prom- what would you guys like to promote before we get out of here well listen to our album white noise <laughs> please um on all platforms now white noise by stella mar um we're gonna we're shooting a music video coming up soon. Don't know when that'll come out. Be on the lookout. Um, you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter at Stella Mar with three R's. That's about it for me. Yeah, oh, we're, we've got a single coming out soon, probably in like six or eight weeks. Oh that's, yeah, that we're excited about oh. too. Sort of follow up to the album. It's kind of the biggest banger we've written. I think it's a pretty big banger. I'm yeah. stoked about it. So. Um, Thank you if you are listening, and if you haven't listened to the the album or check it out. <laughs> Yo, that was crazy. <laughs> was Wait, plug your own music. Um, I also write music under the name Nicholas K Z, and that's my Instagram. And as how well. do you spell that? Uh, N I C O L A S um, underscore K dot Z. That's Instagram, and Spotify is just Nicholas K Z. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Stella Mar is S T E L L A. M A R R R on Instagram or just Stella Mar with one R on Spotify. Whoa. And what is some advice you each have for up and coming artists, creators, influencers? Um, 
I don't know about the influencer thing. I'm not good <laughs> at that. But in terms of like making music, I'd say just like find your sound, find what you want to do, and find your voice if you have a specific one, and then find people that just want to like lift you up and make music with you. Like Nick and I joke all the time that whenever we like work together, we're just like like hyping each other up the whole time because like we both genuinely believe in each other's talent and I think that's really important especially because if you end up putting it out people are going to shit on you all the time from every angle so if you have like if you're making stuff that you really believe in you can slap your name on proudly like it's going to help a lot when all of the the haters come at you when all that white noise comes yo yo Um, I'd say my advice is just find the thing that you really like to do and then do it a bunch, which is sort of like practicing, but it doesn't have the sort of like turmoil that I associate with practicing because I used to practice violin a lot and it was terrible, but um, (laughs) sort of like find what you love and do it a ton so that you get really good. And then once you get really good, good things will happen. You guys should have like a duo name. Like you guys know like Fantagram or like yeah, any yeah. of those people. Sylvanessa. We could. I like the idea of like a Billie Eilish, um, Phineas type of situation yeah. where he's just sort of like the one producing and she just goes in there and whispers into the microphone and then it's a bajillion songs. That was some shady shade. <laughs> I mean, it works. I love I love Billie Eilish, so. That was some shade. <laughs> well. That's fair. It's the NAS podcast with. Stella Mar. And. Nicholas Casey. And you guys are Stella Mar. Stella Mar. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having us. There we go. Thank you.